Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Companies to watch. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jugdish with you. Time now to put iFast on the spotlight on companies to watch. Yes, uh, we're looking at their acquisition of an 85% stake in BFC Bank. And just last week, it announced that it has signed an agreement with its partner, Eagles Peak Holding, to acquire BFC Bank from Bahrain's BFC Group. So the deal will see IFAS purchase an 85% stake in the UK Digital Bank. That'll work up to about 46 million Sing dollars. This breaks down to 41.6 million to fund the acquisition and another 4.4 million to offset relevant transaction costs. Uh, so since BFC Bank currently operates under the Financial Services Compensation Scheme as a fully licensed UK bank, the proposed acquisition will actually allow the group to acquire a banking license in the UK. So why is I fast really seeing the need to add a digital bank to its fintech ecosystem at this point and what would the acquisition of a uk banking license really mean for the company let's find out more from alvin chow the ceo of dr wealth alvin good morning how are you good morning Ryan. good morning Barty. i'm good Thank uh you. let's uh, start off by talking about ifast why did they decide to acquire a bank in the uk and not asia uh, is it simply because it's different to acquire a bank there or what was the reason i think because ifast has always been wanting to apply a digital banking license in the region so they have tried singapore hong kong unfortunately they were unsuccessful and they also have uh, ongoing with malaysia licenses right now we don't know outcome yet so I do think that probably because IFAS has a market presence in the region and they would rather do it organically and apply the license themselves than to acquire another bank. It could also be because the regional banks, there is a lack of a digital bank targets or maybe some of the other targets are just too big and probably the opportunity just came for UK and in that area, they don't have any presence. So I do think that it's faster to acquire one than to uh, grow organically in that area. Mm, the thing is, uh, the acquisition is an integral part of IFAST's five-year plan, apparently, to have a global business model. Uh, tell us more about what you know about this five-year plan and how the acquisition coincides with it or aligns with it. I first laid out its uh, five-year plan and there were four aspects. So the first one was to get bigger and better. The second is to accelerate the Hong Kong growth. And uh, the third is to get more licenses in different jurisdictions. Lastly, it wants to have a global business model. So definitely the acquisition sits best with the last one. Right? They want a global business and buying a UK uh, allowed them to step out Asia for the very first time. So you can say that this is a significant milestone for IFAST. Mm. So then, you know, based on this milestone, I, I like how you bring up the word milestone. We tend to look at like five years, 10 years. So what do you know in terms of its five-year plan? It, it definitely has a lot of growth engine that's going on right now. And Hong Kong e-pension business is a very big thing. And it even make it one of the key points of its uh, five-year plan. So I do think that the market is all like the story. And that's why the share price has been doing very well in the past uh, one, two years. Right, They've gone up many, many folds. So there is still a lot uh, to be achieved. And they even go a stretch beyond that five-year. They want to reach a $100 billion uh, asset under administration that is uh, quite a big leap from where they are right now because now uh, as of uh, 30 September last year it was around 80.4 billion so they have a lot of room to catch up so it is 
pretty ambitious and uh, I do think that investors generally like this kind of uh, growth story that's going on right now. Uh, rarely seen in local Singapore companies. So it is something exciting for Singapore as a whole as well. But you see, BFC Bank is a loss-making bank. It posted a net loss of more than 4 million Singapore dollars for the nine months of last year, uh, which for IFAST also translates to a net loss attributable to the assets that it plans to acquire of $3.5 million for the same period. So isn't this a concern? Shouldn't it be a concern? I, I think it's a loss that the group will be able to absorb. They did publish the Performa financial statements if they make this acquisition by December 2020, right? So it was a performa kind of rough calculation. So they expect the earnings to be down by 32% and the net tangible asset to be down by 36%. So indeed, there will be some impact to its uh, financials in the short term. And they even expect the profitability of this bank to continue the issues, losses, to last until 2023. So, um, but I do think that this is a amount that IFAS can live with and it is temporary, right? They expect the profitability to come uh, 2024 and beyond. And speaking about that, uh, the growth is still ongoing in Asia and there's a lot of growth engines which will give them even more profitability between 2021 and 2025. And especially the e-pension business, which is expected to keep in between 2324 uh, 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 area. So I don't think that this is going to be issue. Uh, the losses are not as big as uh, what some investors may expect. So I think that they will just leave past it after a while. It is a worthwhile strategic investment that would pay off more long-term rather than short-term. Alvin, walk us through what's next. I mean, how will the integration process go? How long will that last? And what does IFAS need to do now that they've integrated this into their ecosystem to give them more of a competitive edge? I don't have visibility on how long it will take for the integration, but I don't think it will be immediate. Okay. Uh, my guess is probably two to three years. In terms of uh, giving IFAS a competitive edge, I think that having access to depositors' money is a, it has always been a privilege of the banks. And IFAS is a wealth management company. It doesn't have that bank- banking arm all along. And they see it as an advantage because uh, you think about this, deposits are often customers' first interaction with the finance industry. There are probably a lot more depositors wanting to open a bank account than an investor opening investment account. So every investor needs a bank account, but not every depositor needs an investment account. So I do think that the acquisition of a depositor is much going to be easier and cheaper than an investor. And if IFAS is able to tap on this, they will be able to cross-sell more financial products or services to them. And that's where I I, I think that is where they are going for and to really bring down the client acquisition costs over a long period of time. Aside from the matters that you've mentioned, what other opportunities do you expect this deal to open up for IFAST in terms of its global reach and global market? Um, as I said, I, would, I don't think that we'll see any obvious benefit to IFAST in the short term. The focus probably now is to run the digital bank separately and bring it to profitability because we don't see a turnaround yet. Uh, at this point in time, the number of depositors is still a very small number. Uh, most of the customer of this BFC bank is the remittance business. So it will take some time for them to build it up. And thereafter, I do think that wealth management products are likely to be offered that will bring up the AUA uh, or asset under uh, administration for IFAS.
Okay, so we've kind of been dabbling with the five-year timeline uh, as, as what you've been mentioning, the amount of growth that and the runway that they have ahead of them. If you don't mind, Elvin, I want to bring it back a little bit shorter. Uh, for the year 2022, what is your outlook for IFAS's business? I think the business will continue to grow uh, its uh, momentum because when I look at the financials for the first nine months of 2021, they are, whether whatever business segment we can see growth, whether it's B2B or B2C, it's grew more than 30% from a year ago. Mm. And in every geographical country that they were in, it grew between 30% to 70%. And coupled with economic recovery in Singapore, we just have a smashing uh, GDP growth, right? It is just hard to see what could stop the growth momentum for IFAS in 2022. How do you expect its stock prices to move? The stock price rose over 98% in the past year, last traded at $7.86. Where is it likely to go in the short to medium term? For me, I do, I do see the growth in IFAS and I do think that investors have generally recognized that and have beat up the price. For myself, I think that a lot of future growth potential has already been priced in in the current prices. So I'm not a buyer at the current prices. Uh, I do see a lot handful of analysts calling around $11 target price, which is still a distance from where we are right now. Just that for me, I, I'm more conservative. It's not obviously undervalued to me. Then I, I just want a larger margin of safety for my end. Yep. All right. Appreciate uh, your analysis this morning. Alvin Chow, the CEO of Dr. Wealth. Thanks so much for your time. You take care and stay safe. Yeah. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.